You're listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast, where we discuss current events, social issues, religious trends, and noteworthy news from a biblical perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to the newest episode of the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Soaker. This episode is being released on March 2nd, 2023. And this week I'm joined by Christopher Gardana, and we're talking about a recent editorial in the Christian Chronicle about a preacher shortage in Churches of Christ. So whether this is something that we have seen personally or not, it does give us an opportunity to consider what the role of a preacher is and how brethren can encourage those who are involved in this work. So we're going to discuss this in our episode today. For links to the story we're talking about, as well as other related materials, Check out the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 030223. Now for our story this week. Who's to blame for the preacher shortage in Churches of Christ? We are. An editorial from the Christian Chronicle says, Churches of Christ don't have enough preachers to fill all the open pulpits in our fellowship. That's no secret as news stories in the Christian Chronicle note. The big question, why don't more young Christians aspire to become ministers? Just a few of the reasons. Lack of money, many small congregations, the majority of churches of Christ can't or won't support a full-time minister. Who wants to choose a vocation, even a sacred calling, where you can't afford to buy groceries? Lack of faith. Many adult Christians have lost their heart for the Lord's work, and their children can see it. Why would anyone expect those kids to view ministry as a valuable pursuit? Lack of unity. Doctrinal differences, large and small, characterize the nation's 12,000 autonomous churches of Christ. Who can pass the litmus test imposed by many congregations, and who wants to try? But perhaps the biggest factor, and the saddest, relates to the lack of respect afforded preachers in our fellowship. We don't honor them or hold them in high regard. Way too often we treat ministers in harsh ways that must make our children and even strangers in our communities shudder. A little bit later in that article, it says that one minister told us, quote, churches of Christ, by and large, acted like they could mistreat preachers in every way possible and still hire one who would be new and shiny anytime they wanted. The bill for bad behavior is now coming due for our fellowship, end quote. So we're going to talk about this so-called preacher shortage today. Before we get into this, Christopher, welcome back to the show. It feels like it's been a little bit since we've been able to record, but glad you're back here with me today. Well, I'm glad to be here, and uh, this is definitely an uh, interesting topic. Yeah, I think the thing is, uh, when I saw this, and I saw a couple of people in different places share this, and and I thought it would be good to kind of talk about this and just... Uh, get some thoughts bouncing around on on just this whole idea here. But before we get started, I do want to make a little bit of a disclaimer because this article or this editorial really talks about churches of Christ. And because of the nature of churches of Christ, because there is no organizational structure that we see like in the denominational world, then churches of Christ are a pretty diverse group. So really the two of us today, even though both of us preach for churches of Christ in different places, we can't speak for the majority of churches of Christ, of right. all the churches that might identify in that way. We can't speak for all of them and and aren't even going to attempt to do that. So I do want to 
make that disclaimer that we're not any official spokesman or anything sure. like that. But as we start this uh, talking about this editorial and what the uh, what's described as this preacher shortage, I want to I want to get your thoughts on this where he mentioned the what he thought the biggest factor was contributing to this preacher shortage was a lack of respect for preachers. Christopher, do you think that is, you know, a major factor, or do you think there's something else going on, or how is this contributing to uh, what he and maybe some other people are seeing? Well, you know, what he said there, he says the perhaps the biggest factor was that the lack of respect afforded preachers in our fellowship. We don't hold them in honor or hold them in high regard, and you know, I have seen examples of this, and and again, I. I want to make a disclaimer too that I'm I'm not speaking on behalf of, you know, a whole bunch of groups or any one group. In fact, certainly the place where I'm thankful to be, you know, preaching and and worshiping with these these folks are very genuine and kind and loving and and fully supportive in in, in the way that they interact and and I do not want them to ever go if they were to watch this video think oh man what have we done because I think they would find themselves thinking you know, because they are so good hearted that you know is is Christopher somehow trying to say this without saying this you know uh but no right. it's it's not them at all but I have seen examples where they they actually do treat them like a, a second class citizen where uh in men's meetings even they're kind of shut up uh where you know and again that's another discussion men's meetings versus having an <laughs> eldership and deacons and all those kinds of things uh but you find yourself in a situation where you know it's almost like you're just a hired hand yeah uh you know uh i i saw examples where they were expecting the the preacher you know because they weren't supporting him enough that he could devote his time fully to preaching he was working at a school bus, driving a school bus in the morning and then the afternoon. In the middle of the day, he'd go up to the office and and study. And, and you know, of course, being a member of the church there, he'd he'd say, you know, uh, the lawn needs mowed. So he'd get the lawnmower and he'd mow because, you know, he's there and you know he's a member of the church there and he feels compelled to help. And that's great, you know. And then there'd be all these other custodial jobs. And and then pretty soon a congregation starts thinking, well, he's just our like our paid custodian, but he also preaches on Sunday. Right. Yeah, I, th I think that that idea of when you look at the preacher, whether you're talking about, well, he's there at, at the building so he can carry out or take care of all these tasks and, and cleaning and fixing things or whatever, mm -hmm. there's that that part of it. But, you know, even with when you have someone who's just being supported just to preach, there is a tendency, I think, to to view him as something different from a a fellow Christian that mm, he's viewed yeah. as an employee or a, you know, a hired contractor almost, or something like sure, that where, sure. you know, and obviously, you know, the scriptures do talk about the fact that, you know, it is right to support a man to preach the gospel. Sure. Um, that's certainly something that is, that is good to do and is authorized to do, but in supporting someone and preaching the gospel, he's not there as, you know, as just a hired hand. They're lacking. And, right, exactly. That he's not there just because he's being paid to be there. He's there doing the work, and the church is supporting him in that work. But when uh, when you have this as his this as his role, and he's seen as just an employee, then it's very easy just to take him for granted. Then 
that he's just there just to punch a clock, just to get this sermon done, get this class done, whatever it might be. And then that's all there is to it. And and when that happens, I think what what can come from that, it's very easy to forget that because he is a brother in Christ, he needs encouragement just like the rest of the brethren need. Sure. And and it's it's very easy to just take his work for granted because, well, we pay him. That's the appreciation we give him. Right. Rather than encouraging him to to keep going and do the work that he is has been called to do, tasked to do. But he gets it's very easy to get discouraged when you don't have that encouragement when it's just viewed by a lot of people as a paycheck. Well, and here's another factor too. Now, again, this isn't necessarily the first thing that a preacher thinks about, but when you're with a congregation, you try to get to know folks, you're trying to not you're not being a busybody, but you're trying to say, okay, what do I need to what do I need to preach on? What is going to be most beneficial? How am I going to help these folks? Uh, because I want them to have everything they need. I want to be able to preach the whole counsel of God and that that, that there's not something lacking in their diet as far as the, the spirit and, and the word is concerned. And with that notion that he's just like a hired hand or he's just here because we're paying him or, you know, there's there's also kind of that kind of standoffishness that that happens sometimes where uh, we, we appreciate you. We love you, brother. Keep up your good work. But then any social functions, if he is there, it's kind of like, well, the obligatory, well, you know, he probably saw it on Facebook. I guess I have to invite him, you know, <laughs> uh, but, you know, and, and so there's that there's that dynamic there where he's not really part of the congregation. He's just like there. And and maybe it's just because of the way the, the congregation has been conditioned. I mean, I've heard of congregations where, you know, routinely after every two years, they're looking for a new preacher or he's already moved on because he, he figured out I'm not a good fit or I'm not accomplishing anything. I don't feel like I am, you know, and so they kind of have this mindset that, you know, I don't really even need to get to know him too long because he's not going to be here very long. And, you know, they just go through a parade of preachers, if you will. Right. Yeah. And when, when you have that sort of thing happen, like you said, they can't, if a preacher's not going to be there very long and everyone's kind of expecting that, then it's very easy to keep him at arm's length mm -hmm. and to not get, not get too close to him. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's very easy for him not to feel like he fits in, especially if, you know, the last several preachers have been there only two or three years at a time. Right. And then he's been there, you know, six months now and he's and he's figured this out it's like well what's the point in in, in trying it, it's it can be it can be discouraging but that it is that, yeah it, it yeah it can it can be discouraging thankfully the where i am i've you know haven't been here two or three years it's been it's been a while oh boy, yeah. it's been a little while now Good. 17 yeah. 18 years maybe so um thankfully the brethren here have not Sure. <laughs> have not gotten rid of me yet, but, but th that is a, uh, that is a discouragement that, you know, I think can, you know, can contribute to this where the preacher, he comes to feel like he's, he's not appreciated for his work. And again, I know neither me or you are, are saying this for right. our personal experience, but, but for those who are seeing this, a, you know, as a preacher shortage, I, I think it is very possible that, this could be a factor for a lot of people or why people are seeing this is because they've kind of, you know, become accustomed to this. 
Yeah, but and the, also oh, go I've, ahead. I've known of some I've known of some guys that that were actually very good speakers and actually did want to be involved in more than just speaking. They had actually, you know, bio, home Bible studies, all these kinds of things. And uh, after a while, you see them kind of just drop off the map and the next opportunity comes along, they end up taking a regular secular job. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that may be one of these other factors of, you know, the economics of it and trying to support a family. But then I, then again, I'm thinking sometimes maybe they could have gotten the support but but there was this other factor that we're talking about here where they just didn't feel like they were they were accomplishing what they were hoping to accomplish and and they just got kind of you know disenchanted if you will right and you almost get to the point or you could get to the point where you just want to be one of the regular church members rather than sure. the preacher where you're the guy that's in not... the fishbowl right the guy in the fishbowl that's being analyzed for every little thing his kids do in the in the courtyard you know Right. And made to feel like you're not really part of the group because you want to be part of a group. And if sure. and if you don't have that, I mean, that's why God designed the church the way that he did is so that it is a functioning sure. unit that where every joint supplies, as Ephesians 4 talks about. And if if a preacher doesn't feel like he can be really part of that, then it is discouraging. And, you know, could, like you said, he may decide not because he's giving up on the faith or serving sure. the Lord, but he can do secular work and he can still preach. He can still teach. He can still do other things, but he's not the preacher. And so he kind of avoids all that. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I wanted to, to bring up, because I mentioned seeing this a couple different places before I shared it with you to, you know, for us to talk about this, but a lot of, a lot of the discussion on this and that I've seen, and especially the editorial itself focused on what churches have done or what churches are doing that could be contributing to what they're seeing as a preacher shortage. But I wanted to think a little bit about kind of being fair and balanced and looking at at both sides of this, of whether or not there's any way in which preachers could be to blame for this preacher shortage. And the, the verse that I thought of on this is 2 Timothy 4 and verse 5. It's one that we're familiar with where Paul said, but you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So the things that Paul mentioned there in that verse, he said, number one, you need to be sober in all things, that if a preacher is not in control of himself, in control of his emotions and his speech and his actions and all of that, then he's going to be setting a negative example for what a preacher is to be. And Therefore, if there is a preacher shortage, well, he's not helping that because he's not encouraging anyone to follow in his footsteps and do that work. If he's not willing to endure hardship like that verse talks about, well, if someone is going into preaching thinking that it's going to be an easy job, then he needs to find another line of work because preaching is not going to be easy. There are going to be difficulties. There is hardship that has to be endured. Timothy was told to do the work of an evangelist. And if a preacher isn't actively doing the work and people can't see that he's doing the work, well, who's going to follow his example? Who's going to to learn from him and what he's doing? And then Paul said, fulfill your ministry. That it's not just about getting up there on Sunday morning and preaching, but Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 talks about evangelists as one of the you know so-called offices in the church are there to equip the saints for the work of service. And mm-hmm. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2 that 
that the things that you've heard from me, you entrust those to faithful men who will be able to teach others also that fulfilling your ministry is not just about standing up and preaching. It's also about helping to prepare others to preach. So if there is a preacher shortage, and again, you know, we're not, you know, obviously speaking for all churches of Christ everywhere, but if there is a preacher shortage, it's, you know, obviously there may be some things that congregations need to need to do to adjust or as far as things that happen, but also there may be something that preachers need to look at themselves and see, well, am I doing what, what I need to be doing to make sure that there are others who want to do this work and are being equipped to do this work and prepared to do this work? Right. I guess really what it boils down to is, is there any evidence as an evangelist that we're actually doing the work of an evangelist? And if there is, then we need to do a better job of communicating that to the congregation. Uh, One of the things I would do when I was, quote, preaching full time and did not have a secular job as I do right now, um, I would try to keep a calendar of everything I did. Now, it, it wasn't like really, really elaborate but if i went to visit somebody if i went ahead of bible study if i just spent time at home in the recliner with my bible and my notepad and i was working on a sermon i might just jot a little thing on there saying this is what i you know was doing during this time of day because i do think there's sometimes a a tendency to think that the the preacher is only working about three days three hours a week Mm -hmm. and and so what are we paying this guy to do when all he does is get up there and talk and i can i can read a a magazine article up there with some scripture and, and do his job and so you know, maybe, maybe we need to be better communicators. And, and, but that also means that the congregation needs to be honest about how much they're involved and how much they're observing too, because I think that's another thing is, you know, somebody's not really paying attention. Maybe they're there Sunday morning, you know, three, three Sundays out of the month. And then six months when they have a, a, a men's meeting or get together to discuss the work of the church, you know, they haven't really been involved and really participating at all, but now they've got all the opinions in the world about what the preacher hasn't been doing. And maybe he's been really doing stuff and, uh, you know, but they weren't even there to be involved to know he was doing it. And and so again, that goes back to point one, but, you know, I think preachers do need to be more considerate about how much they're doing and also accounting for it. And then if anyone does have a question, say, Hey, you know, here, take a look, this is what I've been doing. You know, if you, would you like to come with me? You know, Mm -hmm. uh, when I was visiting uh, my wife's folks in Arkansas, uh, I made a point of trying to go with her dad because he's he's a he's a gospel preacher. And uh, I went with him to the retirement home where he had a Bible study. I went here and there. And I'm not saying that to say I was doing something great. I just I wanted to see what he was up to and see how how he was, how he interacted, how he presented material, all those kinds of things, try to get pointers for myself. And so I, I went along with him. He was glad for me to ride along with him and go to all these different places that he went. And so, you know, part of it is interaction with the preacher and and maybe even be more part of what he does during the week when you get time off i mean everybody has a job you might not be able to maybe saturday you could go with them to visit somebody you know there's there's all kinds of things you can do but that also means the preacher needs to be open to that too because i think you know certain certain mindsets might not want it might be a distraction or whatever and so that's again where you're you're here you're here to spread the good news part of that good news is to the other members you know Right. Yeah, I think that it's very easy to to kind of let that drop off and and not not think about that as part of the responsibility that like, well, I have, you know, as the preacher, I have my work that I'm doing and I'm going to to do this. And that's that's great. And I like what you're what you said there about, 
keeping a calendar. It's not that you uh, are punching a clock or anything like that. Sure. Or and it's and we're not talking about you know being able to say everything we're doing in order to brag or like, well, look at what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's it's being able to say like to be able to you know if we're questioned or if an opportunity comes up and and someone is wondering, well, how can I be involved or what can I do or and all that. Say, so, well. I'm doing this, or you can come along with this, or, you know, here are some ideas. And so it's, it's just a way to, to help get people involved and, and engage them. Yes. Right. To, to engage them because that's how you help equip them you know, as that passage in Ephesians four talks about, that's how you can help equip them to do the work because the preacher can't do everything. Mm -hmm. Even if he is the most diligent and zealous worker in the kingdom, he cannot do everything. So that's that's why you have to have the preacher working to help involve others. They have to be willing to do it too. The, the mm -hmm. members have to be willing to come along and and be contributing he's, too. He's and, actually he's actually supposed to be equipping the saints for right. the work of the ministry. Right, not so, doing it for them. Right, and they have to be willing to put in the effort. But he's equipping them to help them be able to do that. So yeah, there's you know we could look at both sides of this that you know well there are things that you know if there is you know if congregations are looking for preachers, they can't find someone to preach or, or whatever. Well, there may be some things that congregations need to do to address this. And as preachers, there may be things that we need to make sure that we are doing that we're not contributing to this. But as we start to wrap up this discussion, Christopher, I'll ask you this question that if there is a preacher shortage, and we're not necessarily saying there is because different people's experience are, are different, but if there is, or if there would be a preacher shortage what can what might be done if we see that? What can be done to address it? Well, certainly um, we should be striving to help the work where we are. You know, whether it's the preacher that's there. You know, does he need some more support? Maybe, maybe he wouldn't have to work a full time job. You know, that there's there's differences all across the country as far as ability and all those kinds of things. And there's nothing wrong with uh, a preacher having a secular job. Even the Apostle Paul made tents and different things. Uh, but what can we do to address it? Well, maybe if our congregation has a little bit of a surplus, maybe we need to make sure we let other brethren know, hey, do you all know of any, you know, men that are looking to preach or starting to preach? Or are there those that need some extra support? Because, you know, we might be able to work something out. And, you know, uh, that's one, one of the amazing things here. Since the congregation I'm with uh, can't can't support me full time. I've got four children. It's it's expensive. <laughs> um because they're not, they, the the amount they give me doesn't leave a little bit left that they're able to support others. So, you know, they, they basically spend almost everything they make, uh, everything that they collect, it's going out. They don't have a huge reserve in, in for some rainy day fund. Like I've, I've heard of congregations having, you know, over $100,000 just sitting there because they're afraid that the parking lot's going to need asphalt re replacement in 20 years or something. And so, right. you know, this, this congregation they're not going to have that reserve and they're going to make sure when it comes that they'll, they'll meet the need, you know, because they're, they're supporting other preachers and that would be the biggest thing brethren can do to address it. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think that that is a big thing is, is to, is to make sure that those who are doing the work, because someone who's committed to preaching is going to be preaching, whether they're supported or not, just like, sure. just like, even if they have to work a secular job, they're going to do what they have to do in order to preach. But mm -hmm. if, there, if the support is there, then they can devote more of their time to do that. And uh, what I was thinking, in addition to that, is just going back to what we talked about at the beginning, just just the encouragement that 
that sure. it is it can be to yeah, and not just to receive support though that is absolutely appreciated when you know when that support is there but but again going back to what we talked about is how sometimes preachers can be made to feel like just an employee or just a hired hand or or whatever mm-hmm. make sure that the preacher knows that that he's you know he is appreciated for his work i mean the uh, in the article talk about how preachers aren't you know don't get the respect or at least the the author of the editorial that's what it was he was seeing was mm-hmm. he didn't think that they were they were respected enough or held in high enough regard and and whether that's true maybe he's seen things that that uh that would lead him to believe that and i think there are cases where preachers are mistreated and that, that certainly does happen but i think the biggest thing is for for good congregations for conscientious christians just to just to make sure that that you don't leave that unspoken that if you appreciate the preacher and the work that he's doing make sure that he understands that and encourage him in that just as he's trying to encourage you to remain faithful encourage him in that work because that's you know it's not easy but Paul told Timothy you endure hardship as you do the work of evangelist so that encouragement needs to be there because sometimes you can have preachers who you know have all the support that they need but then they give up, they leave preaching anyway, because you know, it's it's just discouraging, it's hard work, and they they would be less stressful if they just went to secular work. And and I don't, you know, don't want to fault anyone who made that decision to do that because they are still doing what they can, but but it is that can be a factor. So yeah, support I think is is can be a big thing and and encouragement. Those are both things that that really help preachers continue in the work to be diligent in the work. So as uh, as we think about all these things, we talk about this uh, this preacher shortage here or what was what was said to be a preacher shortage that those who preach, they need to be do be willing to do the work whether the, you know regardless of what challenges they face, including what may be perceived as a lack of respect as that Edward talked about, a lack of respect from brethren. But at the same time, we need to realize how helpful it is when preachers are supported for their work, when they're encouraged in their work. Third John verse eight talks about how we are fellow workers with the truth when we support those who are preaching the gospel. So we all have a part to play in this, whether preachers or non-preachers, we all have a part to play in this to make sure that the work of preaching the spreading of the gospel, that that's able to continue. So Christopher, do you have anything to you want to mention before we quit today? Well, and one of the things that was mentioned at the end of that article was that that the way they were treated, that it must make our children uh, shudder. Uh, we we need to make sure that we're not, uh, you know, even bad-mouthing them behind their back at home among our children, you know, and that might go into another subject. But the idea, you know, we need to make sure that we're, treat them with the same love and respect as we would the rest of the congregation and and certainly not make it into something where you know a, a kid's going to grow up thinking man that's the last thing i ever want to do because right. i think that's going to be where the the shortage will be in the next few years you know those that are coming up and they're making decisions about what they want to do and if they they see some of these things that we've discussed they're just going to go in a different direction because they don't want the the stress not that they're not good folks or they're not going to do anything for the lord but they they may not want to be in that capacity just because they've seen the way things are. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That the children mm-hmm. do pick up on a lot of things. And and we yeah. need to be careful that we're not teaching them, you know, 
something that we're not meaning to teach them sure. you know, because they're, they're going to pick up on that. Yeah. There was a, yeah. there was a joke that, that uh, basically the preacher asked the the young, the young boy, he says, uh, what are y'all, what are y'all, you know, I, I got invited over for lunch. What are y'all having for lunch? And, and uh, he says, uh, uh, old, old Turkey or something. And he says, what do you mean? He says, yeah, my mom says we're having that old bird over again, you know, <laughs> or, or something like that. And, uh, you know, he just meant like, well, behind, behind his back, they were calling him an old Turkey, an old bird or something like that. Yeah. Kids, oh, we're having Turkey for lunch or something. Yeah. Kids are very honest, but yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, it's very hard to, to talk about, talk about one way about someone and then that not get, mm -hmm. that not get out because, yeah, that they don't have a filter like we no. a lot of times pretend yeah. that we do. So, so yeah. yeah, that's yeah, teaching the kids, teaching the next generation, not just training them as as the preacher might do or or the elders might do or Bible class teachers might do, but also parents and how they are training them not only to follow the Lord but also to regard the work of the Lord. That's going to be a big factor as well. Amen. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I hope you found this to be interesting, informative, and helpful. For links to the story we talked about, as well as other related materials, visit the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 0302-23. If you have a moment to rate and review the podcast or share it with others that you think would be interested, that would be appreciated. And also, if you're listening to this, remember that we are also uploading video versions of the podcast now to the Plain Bible Teaching YouTube channel. So if you prefer video to audio, then that option is available to you. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the channel so you can see other videos that we put out from time to time. And if you see a new story that you think would make for a good discussion, or some topic that you would like us to cover here on the podcast, please email that to me at andy at plainbibleteaching.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Also, be sure to sign up for the Plain Bible Teaching Weekly Newsletter. This free newsletter will be delivered to your inbox each Friday with articles, podcasts, videos, sermon outlines, and more. Visit plainbibleteaching.com to subscribe today.